What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Timmons podcast. I'm your host, Timmons. This is my podcast, Best Podcast in Goshen. Um, I got some business for you. First, check out the YouTube channel. It's on YouTube, and it's called Timmons Podcast. I also have the Dadcast on YouTube as well. Check that out. And uh, follow me on Twitter, Timmons Podcast. At, uh, and you can email me, timmonspodcast at gmail.com. All right, we're here. Got a great guest for today. Um, I'm not sure if I say, should say Amanda or Mandy. Which do you go by? I go by either yeah. around here. People know me as Mandy, okay. but I usually introduce myself as Amanda. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amanda, welcome. Um, and yeah, if I say Mandy or Amanda, oh. just know it's the same thing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I just do it. We go to church together, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know your parents as well. And um, and we, your cousins, are my good friends. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Leah. I'll say Katie too and Aaron. <laughs> I'm friends with them too. But Leah for sure is mm-hmm. Leah's the, the homie. So, um, but yeah, I thought it would be great to have you on. Yeah, uh, to so talk much. a little about some of the stuff you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, share your story and uh, figure out what your name is, either it's Mandy or Amanda. The... We'll figure it out by the end, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, welcome. Um, you know, I can't, we saw you talk about kind of the stuff you've been doing, and we'll get mm-hmm. into that yeah. at church, and it was awesome. Love what's happening. And we also, Allison and I supported you as you kind of initially mm-hmm. made that embarkment into what we'll be talking about. I don't want to reveal it yet. I'll let you reveal it. <laughs> All right. Um, and so, yeah, we're super supportive. We love what you're doing. We love hearing about it. And so I thought this would be a great avenue to keep talking about it. And you've got more coming. So, I do. Always what, moving. <laughs> yeah, moving, shake. Mm-hmm. This is good. So let's start out just uh, who are you? Where are mm-hmm. you from? Just the basics first, and then we'll get into some of the stuff. So Yeah, well, I'm Amanda. <laughs> nice to meet all of you. And... I am 19 years old, just from Little Goshen, Indiana, and I just recently came back from YWAM, which is the largest sending missions program in the world. It stands for Youth of Mission, and I did a DTS. So there's lots of acronyms. I'll try to explain them as best as I can. Um, DTS was called Discipleship Training School. And it's six months that you go to a specific base. There's lots of bases, 400 all over the world. There's so many. They range from like five students to like 300, you know, like different ranges for different people and all that stuff. And the first three months, you're just training and you're learning more about God and just really having your own breakthroughs. And, and just it's like a boot camp kind of for right? real. It yeah. really is. And, and just like really, it's like a extended summer camp is also kind of like how I <laughs> explain it because yeah. you live with lots of people. You're like rooming together with everyone. You're in community and it's just like seven days a week, just Bible and just talking about God and your relationship with them and, and growing and learning. Yeah. And then you are placed and prayed onto a team and you go out to the nation. So you're sent out into different teams. And I had the privilege to go to Peru. It was amazing. Oh, so many stories. It was amazing. Wouldn't trade it for the world. We were in the jungle for a month. So we were doing like evangelism and ministry, partnering with different churches. And I also like got to just minister to kids and and see so many different like people and backgrounds and so that time is Is like unreached areas basically so ours was unreached okay 
there's different types of um, outreaches. So there was tour teams, there was unreached, there was kids movements. Mm. And the one that I did was specifically unreached. I felt really called to Peru. You pick your top three and you pray about them. There's like a big list of all the places that they... 400, whatever, right? Oh, not 400. There's like about 20 to 30. Okay. 400 bases. So we don't necessarily go back to a base on outreach. So we're just going out and we have contacts is what they call them. Mm. And they're just locals that have a ministry going and that want to help us and connect us with people locally. Yeah. And so then when we're able to do that, we can just like minister to people in a different way than we, we could through like YWAM. Lots of people, some people yeah. like visit bases while they're on outreach, but some, most like our, we didn't. Oh uh, yeah. So our you actually didn't. go to a local ministry and mm-hmm. then almost like an extension of that ministry while you're there. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they, they are the ones that are helping you connect with whoever and whatever. Yeah. In the ministry we were with, um, it translates cause everything's in Spanish and Peru. Mm-hmm. It translates to leaving footprints oh, cool. and it's a really amazing ministry that this family does. And so it was like, it was so nice and so comforting almost to be like with a family mm. all the time. So our contacts, they, they were a family and then their in-laws also helped us in the jungle. They were the ones on the boat with us, oh, cooked cool. for us. Yeah. And so we just really felt like taken care of the entire time. And like, they were like, we are, we are your parents while you're here. We are going to take care of you. Yeah. It's not just like there are our locals. Like we just really built true friendship with them too. And it was yeah. really cool. You're to living see life that. with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We literally lived in their house. That's so, so cool. Yeah. As, as opposed to going and seeing them like clocking in at work. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Uh, it's, it's more like, like you're in it. It's 24 seven, you know? <laughs> so uh, why went, so you, what like even let's step back a little yeah. bit. How'd you even get connected with YWAM? Because oh, yeah. you know you're mm-hmm. Goshen, born and raised, right? Well, not born, but grew up I in know, Goshen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so you, you've been in Goshen all your life, basically. And then mm-hmm. out of high school, when did you make that decision to go to YWAM? So from such a young age, um, I always felt like I wanted to go to the nations. Hmm. And I wanted to be a missionary. And obviously, you know, at five years old, you don't know what that means. But it was really cool because I really believe that God placed that in my heart. Just even the word missions from such a young age. And I knew people that had done in the past. Um, My parents were youth pastors. So lots of connections there with, with students that would graduate and then decide to do a gap year. And then ended up at YWAM. There's so they had those, they've seen it, they've watched, you've watched mm-hmm. kind of that path happen a couple times. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I just was like, this is such an amazing experience, experience for them and for, for just like the body of Christ and just for people to just hear about Jesus, you know? Yeah. And I decided on the base because of like a mutual friend and just like someone that I kind of knew, like more of an acquaintance. Hmm. I had seen that she had done it like a year or two before. And like a lot of the people that I knew had done it like way, way, way before. Right. And so I was ago. like, right. this is a credible. This, Has just gone yeah. through it. Mm-hmm. They, they, Source. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I ended up going to Hawaii, which people were like, Hawaii missions really. But isn't that where it started? Yeah, it was yeah. founded there and read the book by Lauren Cunningham of like how it started. Oh, now I don't remember the book name. That's okay. But it's 
it's it's um just like how he got the word for Kona and all these things and wow. just like how he founded this whole organization nonprofit and it's all all of the money goes back into missions and it's so amazing to see like such a like big organization do this and do so much good and and so many people go into it and now are like full-time missionaries and like uh, they're like this that's is the my jump start right there yeah wow um is that really you god yes, yes that's the book that's the book read that read it <clears throat> that's cool so uh yeah and you, and you know you hear kona and you hear hawaii and you hear missions and people are like okay sounds like a vacation yeah which <laughs> it definitely isn't I'll, I'll give a little background um you live with nine roommates wow in like a very small room. Like the room is maybe a little bigger than this room right here. Wow, yeah. And you know, that's five sets of bunk beds and one bathroom for not 10 girls technically because I'm the 10th. Oh, wow. Um, It's an adjustment <laughs> for sure, especially because it was my first time like leaving home for an extended period of time. Yeah, it's high school, right? And then you went to this basically. I, yes, and yeah. any age can do it genuinely like all ages like we had people under my dts that were were families we had i had someone on my team who was like 30 it really doesn't matter like they really it's all over it. the place yeah. Yeah. yeah um was it primarily younger though primarily the one i did so this gets into the logistics mm -hmm. the discipleship training school i did those six months there's lots of different schools and there's different like focuses on the schools and there's different names for those schools then. Okay. And so you could go to like a surfing one. There's like a surfing one in Byron Bay, Australia. No way. Of how like you can evangelize in like your own passions. And the one that I did is called Fire and Fragrance. Okay. And it's really um, geared towards Gen Z revival and Gen Z, all things Gen Z. So it primarily is like 18 to like 25 is the range. Okay. And then there's so many quarters always going on. So there's a quarter September, and then there's a quarter in January, and then there's a quarter in April. Because after those three months that we're there from September to December, we leave for outreach, a new group comes. Wow. You know? So there's just... And so then you know. different schools have different ages. So like September is usually younger because it's right... After. Be, yeah, yeah, right after. Yeah. January's primarily like 20 to 25 years old. Okay. And then April can be any age, genuinely. Um, all of them can be any age, but yeah. that's kind of like what and It happens. just works with their seasons in life, right? Mm -hmm. So you're just done with school, oh, and yeah. now you got your summer ahead of you, and then you go into YWAM, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, that's cool. How many people were at FIRE in part of your DTS? Mm -hmm. FIRE and Fragrance, the one I was a part of, I think it was like... 350, wow. 250 or 350, which I know is a big jump, but it's like one of the fifties. Still a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. And that's where you're getting the base mm -hmm. for what you're going to do in outreach. So you do three months of discipleship training and then you said three months of outreach. Mm -hmm. So it's a six month total is what you're, you're six doing. months. And then right after your outreach, you come back to Kona or you go back to a week of debrief. Mm -hmm. It does. It depends on like where they place it you learn a lot about going the flow with YOM because yeah. you don't hear details until like they're set you know I love it though I learned a lot through that yeah genuinely like I like my plan and I learned to break that box and just go with the flow yeah that's a growing thing mm -hmm. that's really cool and so on that debrief you go through like different 
different tools and you have class just like you did while you were in those first three months of how to come home and all of these mm. things. Culture shock. and Culture uh, shock. What's the reverse? I don't remember what the other one is because mm-hmm. you go in and then when you leave it, yeah. it's also there's a culture shock coming back. So and, many things. And just even like um, how to get your own oil when you go back home. Mm. What are your next steps? Like thinking about this and all of these things reflecting over your time. Like this is crazy what you went through and yeah. so much happened and so much growth. Like remember to reflect and, you know, just sit in it too. Yeah. And yeah. And understand what God was doing then, mm-hmm. what he's doing now, oh, yeah. all that fun stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and so, um, I guess the first step was you decided to go, right? Oh yeah. And then you had to do some support raising. I did. Of, that's how I first heard about mm-hmm. this whole experience was you got up in front of, I think got up in front of the church mm-hmm. and mentioned it a little bit about mm-hmm. what you're doing. What was that like? Just at the beginning for those who, let's say I'm a high school student who's like, okay, maybe I do want to do youth mm-hmm. the mission. Um, at 18 and support raising sounds really scary. Like yeah. it does not sound fun to, uh, that's just for me. I'm not. I totally understand that. Yeah. No one likes asking for money. No one like, likes asking for help in general. Like in this day and age that we're at, it's a very like do yourself, self, yeah. self um, you know, generation. Yeah. And <clears throat> for me, I really, I knew I wanted to go and I knew that th- this has been like an ongoing thing since I was young. And I was set on this because I didn't know what I wanted to do in high school and um, college and all that stuff. Mm-hmm pretty early on. And so this was always in the back of my head and I knew this came with it. And I knew my biggest thing was, I think just the determination of like, I'm doing this and I'm not going to back down. And at the time it was just that determination. But now looking back at it, I knew it was like really God like led me in all of that. You know, God kept me determined and motivated and kept me, my eyes focused on what I wanted and what he wanted, where he wanted me to be. Cause my life would look so different if I wouldn't have done that. Like mm. genuinely, like I said this a little bit, in my testimony night, like I went with some big questions. Like I went to figure out my faith for my myself. Like mm-hmm. you grow up and you go to church. I grew up going to church like every single Sunday, you know, every Wednesday, but having these big questions sometimes it feels almost a little scary to ask them because you grew up in the church, you know? Yeah. Like you can't question it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I was like doubting so is many God things. Real? Is God why, real? Why would you even question that? Get out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> not allowed real. in our church. Yeah. Like it was just generally like I had to figure out what I believe about God, what I wanted like in my faith. And I like to stay away from the word like religion because mm-hmm. I think you can get really into like, nitty gritties of just like you do this and you do this and you do this to please God, which is not what being a Christian is at all. And so just even learning that from a different lens and different perspective, because when I tell you my community and my family, best people ever, Mm. I genuinely was grown um, like raised and I grew up in such an amazing household, Mm. family, community, all that stuff. It's something different though, because everyone's breakthrough is at a different moment. We all yeah. know this. Like I learned a lot about this too. Just like how many times did it take you like hearing about God going to church until you like decided, I think I'm ready to get baptized or yeah. I think I'm ready to take this step. I think I'm ready to do this. You know, it's not like automatic for everyone. Yeah. I, it's, that's funny. Cause when I was, I think I was 23 
is when mm-hmm. I had like my, I would say like a light switch moment. Yeah. Right. Everyone I'm, has it different times. Yeah. I mean, I grew up Christian mm-hmm. in the church and stuff, but it's like, oh, this is God. Yeah. This is real. Mm-hmm. You know, and it isn't, there's no way to formulate it. Mm-hmm. You can't just like, this is how everyone does it's it. It's true. Yeah. Go through the process. Yeah. That's very cool. So yeah, you came from that and then. Um, yeah, but the, the fundraising, so you did that mm-hmm. and was there a lot of kind of stepping out in things like that? What, just initially starting with mm-hmm. the fundraising or was it, did it, do you think God just kind of made it all, you know, flow or I learned a lot about becoming go with the flow, mm-hmm. you know, going to YOM, but then even that like summer, I think I got a lot more like relaxed and I really believe that God just gave me this inner peace about everything. Like I never was like really worked out about mm. finances or awesome. moving or being away from home. I think my parents were freaking, my mom was freaking out a little bit. She's like, you got two months and you've done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like, I was like, wow, God gave me this peace. I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. I was able to reach out to family and friends because I really believe that if you are fundraising or you're raising support, it's um, for missions and stuff like that. It is not just money. It is literally them partnering with God mm. and with you to further the kingdom. Like, because not everyone's necessarily meant to be sent to the nations. Not everyone's oh, calling yeah. is going to be the same, you know? Yeah. And so they can support in different ways through prayer, through finances, through just an encouraging word and just even mm. having coffee with me. I'm such an extrovert that like, people pouring into me in that way is as valuable as giving me money or giving me something because I really believe that God got that. I don't have to worry about that. My biggest thing was with support raising and all that stuff was my relationships and just really like genuinely having relationships because that's trumps anything. Yeah. Yeah. And being authentic. And if you're just following God, people catch on to that. Yeah. That's a really cool thing. Oh yeah. yeah. That that is that's awesome. And um whatever that number is that you have to fundraise, I mean it's doable. That's mm-hmm. the cool thing. And I think a lot of people see that number and get worried or scared or um what's the what's the term people use where they, they just don't feel like they're authentic or they're not they're like fake imposter syndrome syndrome, maybe? Have you heard I that? Don't know. I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. It's just like they're like I, I don't know if that's the right term, but I've heard people use that mm-hmm. where they're like, I don't feel like I should be here or doing this thing. But God's just making it happen. And God, God, yeah. he's got this journey for you. He's got a cool journey. He's the best. Yeah. And he has the most perfect plan. And I think I learned a lot about that mm. through like my life was so different like a year from yet like today, you know, mm. and just seeing how like God even prepared me in those times that I wasn't necessarily walking with him really well or pursuing a relationship with him. Like he was preparing the way. And I was like, that's crazy. Like he was protecting me and he was giving me this inner peace that was like, didn't know where it was coming from. I'm like, I don't know why I'm just not freaking out about this. Like you guys, I just can't like, like something in me is just like, it'll work out. You know, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. That's God's peace for sure. That's so sweet. So, uh, you fundraise and then you go for three Mm -hmm. months. What was that like? Just like. I mean, it was on Hawaii. Everyone, it was Hawaii. You know. It's expensive. <laughs> like yeah. the base I went to was expensive, but I I really believe in that area. Just you the know? flights. You know, just the flights in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, kind of like I said, 
I lived with so many people and I learned so much, so much through that of just different personalities and backgrounds and cultures all in one room yeah. all the time, you know? Yeah. And I learned a lot about just like dying to self and literally serving people, serving the heck out of people, you know, just like serving till it hurts yeah. <laughs> because sometimes it did hurt. Like, you know, I, something about me is I'm a very, like, I'm a very clean, neat freak person in the sense of like, I won't be like rude about it, but I like my stuff like clean in order, in order no yeah. messes, you know? Yeah. And I learned a lot living with nine other girls. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. It probably wasn't clean and in order, I'm guessing. It was sometimes, sometimes not. <laughs> yeah. I learned a lot genuinely from my leader. Um, so the way they do this is um, you have staff. So you have, there's staff that live in each room. They have to do that. There are commitments for two years of staffing, um, a discipleship training school. Yeah. And they the first year they have to stay on campus. And, but in my opinion, you know, that's just, just me. I would want to stay in both years just because mm-hmm. like when you're living with your girls, you can disciple in a different way. You know, you can always be there for a conversation. And so there are these, there you have, you have one in your room and then you get your outreach um, team. And then that leader becomes kind of your mentor and disciple person go to. And the person in your room is still, definitely a disciple person and figure and leader in your life. But it's really cool to have that accountability of like two people really pouring into you because it's such a big program, you know, like the one I went to was 350 people. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that two pouring in, you can miss the pots. That's the spots that that wasn't, you know, poured into. And one thing, my, um, room, my room staff, leader, she, she said was, Amanda, you love serving. And I love that about you. Like I always was doing the dishes or cleaning up after people. And she's like, but I want you to like, think about, and I learned a lot about heart posture, Hmm. but think about your heart posture when you're doing it. If you want to serve them and you want to love them, do it because God has gifted you in that. And so I was like, okay, that makes sense. But then she said, that's not the only thing. But if you're doing it because you're just annoyed and you just like it the way you like it, you just stop doing that because they're just never going to learn. You know what I mean? Like people won't learn when it's just like kind of an expectation that you'll do it because you're like, oh, Amanda's in the room. She'll like pick that up, you know? Yeah. And so I learned a lot about just like how to serve with the right heart posture Hmm. And how to take bitterness or annoyance out of it and just like love serving. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, that's deep. I don't think very many people have figured that out. <laughs> that's a, it's a hard one living, yeah. living in the world we live in and living convenience in convenience everywhere and convenience and comfort and everything, like I said, is about self nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I could get into quite get a into it. Do that. it. Yeah. No, it's all good. Yeah. I, I feel you. Um, that's that's cool. I I also one of the things I because I you know we've as we watched mm-hmm. you go yeah. uh, Kona and and do the DTS, um, you go on on Instagram every once in a while and just kind of give your thoughts about different things. Mm-hmm. And I remember I don't know if you were there for maybe a month or two, okay. and I, you got on Instagram and just kind of talked about your testimony, and I yeah. saw it as a way of you processing your life up until that point, and then seeing how this world is now impacting your life going forward. Mm-hmm. I really saw that. It was very cool. 
Um, but you're just sitting there like, I grew up thinking this and this and this, and I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, that was good, but it's more like this and this and this. And I thought that was super sweet. Man, it was quite a thing. So I'll explain kind of why I did those videos. Um, very out of my comfort zone to just talk about, like, I grew up in the church, but personal stuff and just also like talking about faith, which is weird to say, but as, as a Christian, like how many people will like just openly talk about your faith, Mm. you know, just on online, you know, even if you say you're a Christian, like it's genuinely like a question to ask. Well, and usually it's just like a verse in your bio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not. And so while you're in Kona, you have to be okay. Your schedule is really packed. When I tell you, like, breakfast is at six thirty to seven. If you miss it, you know, I I did not go to it. I just slept in and ate something else. <laughs> but then your first thing starts at eight, and then you're busy until the afternoon until like four. Wow. So you're busy. Like you have um, contending or um, like a Bible morning or something in the morning. So worship something like that. Then you have class until noon. Okay. Now you have lunch, and then you have this thing called on certain days. Um, your track, okay. and your track is something that you kind of excel at, or you're good at. You have your foot in the door a little bit, like maybe you're a good dancer, maybe you're good at singing, and you can really pursue that and and use that passion to glorify God and how to like train you in that. And the one I did was called messengers and it's all about evangelism no cool and in that track you're pushed a lot and and i wasn't in the tracks to say this but i think you're pushed a lot more than sometimes the other tracks because Mm. of these challenges so one of the challenges was share your testimony as a live on your social media (laughs) and for all like when i tell you people come completely different paths of life like they don't even their family community doesn't even know they're like Christian or you know what I mean yeah and so it's really pushing and then another one was like share your burning heart message it's just something that's burning on your heart that you want to share with people Mm. um wow that's so good you're flexing that muscle in a way yeah like Mm -hmm. it's sometimes like it's hard (laughs) not worked out before it is sore Mm -hmm. yeah to, to work out that muscle a bit it is not fun yeah. But I think those few times and even just like we would get up on a chair and have to share the gospel or we would do evangelism on Wednesdays in the community. And mm. that was probably harder for me than even doing evangelism in Peru because mm. these people like live, live in Kona and know that YWAM is a thing. And yeah. they've heard this so many times, you know, yeah. and so it's so easy to get discouraged, but Again, like how many times does it take someone? Yeah. It's like technically like seven times for them to hear the gospel fully for them to accept Jesus. That's like the yeah, statistic statistics. out there. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, you know, I, before we got on the podcast, I showed the garden, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, how, many, yeah. how many times do you have to water something before it pops out of the ground? I don't know. You do it until it does. You do it until it does. <laughs> yeah. And just like even this is though like using those muscles and and doing this while in Kona for me just really really set me up well for outreach Mm. in the sense of like public speaking was not a problem Mm. talking about my faith was still a little uncomfortable but you got used to doing it every single day (laughs) in Peru (laughs) and like even we had 
the layovers are always crazy when you're trying to get to your location, your yeah. nation. We had one in LA and it was a long enough one that we met up with people. Basically, if you're in the YWAM world, everyone's somehow connected. I just don't know how it works. <laughs> but we met up with, there are some influencers that are like Christian influencers and they're like TikTokers and stuff. Okay. But they're like evangelizing and they're like mission field is the party scene in just LA. Because LA is literally like unreached. Wow. It's insane when you go there. And I remember the first time, like it was like first time on outreach technically because we had left Kona. Yeah. That someone's like, you need to go find someone and share the gospel. It was an Air One. Do you know what Air One is? No. Air One is like an expensive, bougie, like celebrities go there to shop. Oh, wow. Because it's like cool to shop there. So like Hailey Bieber would shop there. Gotcha. And it's like milk is $10. Yeah, yeah. It was very scary. Yeah. Oh, wow. To do that. And, And so like those things and pushing me, again, like seeing God's provision and and him preparing me for what's to come. Mm-hmm. Did you get a little rejection from the outreach and stuff? You get rejection every day, you know? Yeah. And then I remember one of the speakers, um, that's how they do um, your class is like a speaker um, for like a week. Mm-hmm. One of the speakers said that how many times, like you're, we get more rejections than we get like crazy stories like this. But the reason why you have these crazy stories is because you do it even more. So like Mm -hmm. the more you fail, the more you'll have more cool stories and like amazing times that God met you and God God met these people. Mm. And so just trying and failing and obedience is the key, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. If you don't even try, you don't even have those experiences. Yeah. And if you don't try, you can't even be like, oh, I can't see any of those crazy things happen. I can't even like... I, I, that doesn't happen in my world. And I'm like, well, you're not trying. That's the biggest thing. And I even learned that myself. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we talked a little bit about even before the podcast was just how YWAM was a totally different world yes. than, you know, coming from Goshen. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It was really cool to see people so just undone by Holy Spirit meeting them. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate to grow up and even though like maybe not the church I went to or anything like that was this charismatic, but my parents were very Holy Spirit led and you know, it doesn't always click for you as, as a kid, you know, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, my parents are crazy or something like that, you know, (laughs) but my parents always talked about Holy Spirit and it was really cool for me to see Holy Spirit move in a different way while in Kona and and see him meet people in ways that you can't even explain you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you can't fathom and so for me it was almost just like comforting and like a lot of my time in Kona was just just um what's the word like it was confirming everything I grew up with wow and it was it was a comforting thing which I know it's it sometimes can freak people out and it can be scary and it's oh, weird, weird, yeah. different, you know, but for me, it was comforting. And I really think God did that on purpose because he's like, you're in the right place. There's nothing to be worried about. And it was crazy. Even like while I was going to Peru, 
someone texted me randomly on like Instagram and was like, hey, I'm thinking about like last minute going to YWAM and I saw you did it. Like, and she she had a lot of concerns about um, how charismatic it was. And I mm. said, the biggest thing is just pray and lean into God, what God says. Like genuinely, like he'll give you the right answer and he's going to resolve all those questions in your mind and and you're you're just giving them you giving them to him will just really take that off you Mm -hmm. and she ended up going and loving it that's cool so it's really cool yeah it's so cool to see her and actually meet her and like uh on my debrief i got to meet her because she was in the other quarter she was in in the midst of it at that point i'm sure Mm -hmm. right or maybe near the end of her dts right I would guess, or maybe my my end of my DTS. She was about to go to outreach. Oh wow! So it was really cool. To that's see. cool. Like I was like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, yeah, God will let you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's big enough. I think yeah. the biggest thing is like we have a lot of questions and we have a lot of things, but just giving it to God first. And I learned a lot about the power of prayer mm-hmm. while on outreach and just like. Again, like I said, his perfect plan and his provision is really cool to see. And it's with so much prayer, like prayers move mountains. Mm. And we saw this multiple times in different villages that we would just pray for people. We would have like altar calls at the end of a service or um, some event or anything. And we'd pray for them in English because we obviously all don't know Spanish. I know a little bit, but I want to be fluent soon. Yeah. Um, and we'd pray for them and these, these girls I'd be praying for like six or seven years old, they'd be sobbing in my arms and it's just really amazing to see Holy Spirit meeting them. Like no one else can do that, but God, like God becomes, they can't understand what you're saying, but they feel that God's pouring through. Uh Like that's so cool. Their spirits understand and they're like, this is safe. This is right. And that all comes from prayer that they don't understand, like, the language, you know? That's so cool. Um, What were the three? So, I mean, Peru was one of the three that you you chose. What were the other two that you were thinking about? So, I really felt called to go to Latin America Mm -hmm. or Spanish-speaking country. I think a lot of that comes from just growing up in this area. Like, I went to Goshen, and my school was, like, yeah, half. More than half. Yeah. Um, Hispanic and Mexican. So. Yeah. The culture is there. You kind of are familiar with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just. Just kind of a cool blessing. To it be was. From here. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Like people are like Indiana. Yeah. What's in Indiana? Uh, <laughs> Genuinely, I had so many people ask, where is Indiana? And I had to explain it. I was like, it's by Michigan. Yeah, Chicago. Uh, Chicago. Yeah. Have but you heard of corn? It all comes from that. Basically. <laughs> yeah. And that. It was so funny. There were so many stories about that. But I had Peru and then South Africa. Mm. South Africa was definitely, you know, God put me in Peru for a reason. Definitely South Africa was just, you know, you think of missions, you think of Africa. Yeah. (laughs) I was like sweet to visit too. Yeah. Yeah. And the teams were amazing. And I had one of my roommates, she went to South Africa and it was amazing for her. And then my third was Columbia. Oh, wow. And actually, man, this is crazy to think about. I haven't thought about this and like talked about it in a while. But I was like originally placed on the Columbia team. Oh, wow. Um, So something about YWAM is they really, really love and and push and 
what's what's the word encourage mm-hmm. um young leaders and so your leaders like my leaders that led me to peru were my age 19 mm-hmm. it's yep. crazy leading whip right maybe yeah just the empower yeah yeah the mm-hmm. young people to do right it's not a 40 year old taking you it's someone mm-hmm. your age leading your group with people maybe even older than them yeah right yeah and it's really cool to see that. And so I kind of found out that I was supposed to be on the Columbia team. And I was like, wow, that would have been amazing. I knew more people on that team. Mm-hmm. Like genuinely like the Peru team, I didn't know anyone on that team. Mm-hmm. God did that on purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also knew the leaders really well. Mm-hmm. And so it was. On the, the Columbia team you knew? On the Columbia okay. team. Okay. Yeah. And so at the beginning I was just a little, you know, like, man, why, God, why did, why am I on this other team, you know? And I really had to just give it to God and just learn to trust, which has always been something that, you know, I like everything in order. So like control is sometimes hard for me. And it was good. I was not on that team because that's not the team I was supposed to be on. Like Mm. my relationships with the leaders would have been a lot different going forward, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then the team I was on, my leaders were exactly what I needed. And the people on my team were exactly what I needed um, I was, uh, on a team with a lot of people very different from me, like mm. super different, not very like blunt or, um, just personality differences. Like most of my team is introverted. It was fun. <laughs> I loved my team, yeah. but it was a n- new experience to learn and just really, submit to leadership in a new way Mm. and it was really cool to see like one time we did these things that um we had like a a hospitality group on our team everyone had kind of like a role yeah i was finances no way it fits with you know everything i love (laughs) um planning and control and everything in this place (laughs) for real i knew where all the expenses were going yeah um but the hospitality team would pray um uh, over the team and ask for god to say, is it supposed to be one day, um, one person's, um, team day. And that was like, just like a day, it was like their birthday. Hmm. But at the end of the day we would pray for them and prophesy over them and just encourage them. And we'd met, um, voice memo it. And I remember one of my leaders saying like to the 30 year old on my team, it shows your maturity, how you submit to leadership while I'm 19 and you're 30. And I was like, it was like a, like a light bulb moment in the sense of like, it really does. Like you're going to be in so many different seasons and jobs, people older and younger than you that are going to be in leadership. They had their time to, to, to staff. This is some background. You have to do like three months before even discipleship training starts and it's called leadership track and it's all about being a leader. Yeah. And so they had their time for learning and growing. This is not their time. This is their time for leading because God has anointed each of my leaders for that. And I Mm. learned a lot through that. And just like, it was really amazing. Like I loved my leaders and I learned so much from them. That's cool. Did you post, did you just recently post pics of your leader? That was my room leader. Okay. Okay, That was your room leader. Mm -hmm. Was she going to be the leader in Columbia or no? No. Her best friend who was like probably one of my, probably my closest YWAM friend. Yeah. The one that I connected with the most when it came to staff. She was going to be the Columbia leader. She was the Columbia leader. That's wild. And then 
Actually, we were just talking about Catan. Yeah. One of my Catan buddies, he was the guy leader. Oh, cool. I bought the game Catan while out there because I missed it so much. <laughs> and I would play it at the coffee shop all the time. Yeah. Yep. That's fun. Uh, yeah, Catan's definitely like a, a lot of people around here play Catan. Oh, yeah. It's I a love Christian, it. In the Christian circles. And a lot of Norwegians and lots of Swedish people do, too. No way. But it's called something different because of copyrights. It's uh. called like, <laughs> oh, man, what is it called? I I put it on my story one time. Yeah. It's like, what do you call it? Because some people call it Catan. Some people call it Catan. Yeah. Some people say Settlers. Yep. Colonists. Oh. So it's an online version. It's called Colonists. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that's great. But it was really cool because everyone knew the game. Yeah. Mainly guys, though. It was just kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's a just a, a, yeah, I don't know, a generic thing. I, I don't know, but like mainly like I find some girls to play sometimes, mm. but it's usually dudes. the guys that are like, oh my goodness, I love that game. I was like, come play. Let's do it. I had a little group. It was fun. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, remind you a little bit of home, I'm sure. It's, oh, for sure. Which is nice. Uh, so, yeah, tell me about Peru. Oh. Tell me about like that. Oh, yeah. Unless, um, it was amazing. L- let's, let's end your first quarter. What was something amazing that happened while before you went to Peru? Mm-hmm. What was like a big high God moment? Let me think. <laughs> you know, everything comes goes together for you. No, yeah. I'm really thinking... There That's were okay. so many. You don't have to do it. We can go to Peru. Okay. I'll think about it <laughs> yeah. while I'm talking. And, and when we'll, you come back to it. We'll come back to it. Because there was definitely, I, I, something about me is I'm very much like I reflect and see things after. Mm. So I'm not necessarily, like I learned a lot about like, you don't necessarily need to feel something to feel, to be in the same spiritual place. Like it's not a comparison game. Yeah. And so for me, like it wasn't yeah. like, I felt this really cool thing, but. Now that I'm thinking about it, there was one time, it was actually, we had like prayer sets and contending um, times either in the afternoon or morning, mm-hmm. every single day. And the one, it was the afternoon one and it was for South America. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. Just just God like broke my heart for South America. and And I think it really was like a turning point of like, falling in love with like latin america almost mm. of of and like spanish-speaking countries and just like the warm culture and everything and that was just an amazing moment people prayed for me and it was really cool that's awesome so now i think about it that was that was one of the moments that was really amazing that's very, highlight. That's very but cool. i think community overall was like really cool to see yeah yeah to- something totally different that you've probably mm-hmm. not experienced before oh yeah and just like yeah a bunch of like young people, crazy on fire for God, you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't see that very often. It's just so <laughs> sad. It's, it's really sad. That's very cool to, to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Peru. So tell me the. So you prayed. You're on it. Are you Are you training for that while you're still in your training before you get released? So or? we have different like our schedules set up that we have like small groups and different team times that our leaders set up. Okay. And so we would do some contending um, times for that and just pray. And a lot of it was prayer and, and it was really cool. I'll tell a little bit of like some stories in a little bit, but to see those like come to fruition and stuff. Mm. And then we also did like, depending on if you're an unreached or um, tours team or, or kids movements, you were on different 
training sessions in the morning for that. And that was really good. And, and we learned a lot about different like religions and what the difference in religion is because it's Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had people talk about that and we learned about like if it's shame, honor, you know, different things mm-hmm. about that. Just cultural like, stuff about where you're about to go to. Mm-hmm. Just some basics. Just some basics. Yeah. It was very much like, I think doing the program I did, Fire and Fragrance, um, DTS, because it's large scale, you get what you try to get out of it. Mm. You know, you could totally fly under the radar and not attend certain things or, you know, and you wouldn't get as much out of it. And so... My leader in my room did an amazing job of just like raising us higher. She's like super prophetic in the sense of like she had a dream that like a few of us would be late to something. And we were late even though she even told us about the dream. No way. And like (laughs) one day I knocked off, knocked her coffee over or something in the tent where we have class one day. And I was like, I'll buy you coffee sometime. I was not a morning person at all yeah. until I had to start going to 5am workouts because my team Yeah. and I got up earlier one time than her got coffee and she said look at this and it was in notes she had a dream that night that I'd buy her coffee no like, way. crazy that's cool but like that's I think that's the biggest thing about like you get what you try to get out of something mm. um and so those were all the training um that we did going to Peru and just like lots of prayer. I think the biggest thing was just we prayed. Yeah. Prayed and contended. I was very fortunate. My leaders both very musical. So we had really great prayer sets and yeah. oh, amazing times. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Setting the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. For the, yeah. For real. And setting the culture of just like prayer and worship. Like sometimes teams, teams fall apart when you don't worship. Like, you know, if you don't have a time that you're worshiping and you're just communing with God and just thinking him in everything, like just reflecting of your day, like it can really tear your team apart. Hmm. Uh, that's so true. Yeah. Because then you're both on equal ground and you've mm-hmm. been as a team remembering. Yeah. Focus. Eyes back on God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then do you go to Peru? Is that yeah. It? Yeah. Let's tell me and a little so, bit about that. The first few weeks we were in the city in Iquitos and we would partner with different ministries in different like churches. And a lot of our ministry, I like to say like sometimes people get missions is just converting people, which is definitely not true. Like we are called to make disciples and we are called to to go and commune and be in relationship and love people and the hungry ones will come. Like we are not forcing anything on people, but we're just opening up the door, bringing opportunity for something that could change their lives, you know? Yeah. Shining your light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shining the light. So. Yeah, yeah. For real. And so we would do lots of door to door, which is literally just what it means. Going door to door, going house to house Wow. and just knock on the door and, We'd have different translators. Two people on my team um, grew up in South America, so that was really nice. And then we had two others from Akitos that knew English mm. that were translators, so we'd split up in teams, and 
go out and just pray for people, encourage people. Um, something about I learned about the prophetic is starting like if you're like oh, I just I really want to grow in that or whatever start with encouraging people every single day it's such a great start to that and those encouragements and prayer and just being in the word every single day and really having your eyes on Jesus and communing with him talking to him will really just bring out that gift yeah little side note no that's that's something so real it's like um, and I think about that sometimes too, when I'm, you know, the enemy attacks, you think about these mental things mm-hmm. and you're like, if it's not encouraging, it's not from God. It's true. Because part of God's character is he's an encourager. Mm-hmm. He wants to encourage you. And so when you look at all of the fruits of the spirit, those are all beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Like if you have joy, that's from God. Oh, yeah. If you have love, that's from God. And so, uh, encouragement is just something so easy you can it's do. It's so simple. Yeah. It does not take that much to encourage someone. Yeah. And that's from God. Yeah. And, and it sounds so, I don't know, elementary, but I think a lot of times we forget that. It's like, that's a hundred percent is God. It just wants to encourage his people and mm-hmm. you get to be that mouthpiece sometimes. Yeah. And We're literally no matter what. just the vessel, like yeah. literally all glory and the stories or the testimonies that we come up with and we see are just to glorify God. And yeah. just like the reason why I share them and I want to be on the podcast is all for God. Not nothing to do with like, oh, I just love talking about myself. <laughs> you know, I genuinely like want people to know yeah. that God can change their lives, even if you have a bajillion questions, because we oh, all yeah. do, yeah. you know? Yeah, and uh, I'll say this. No one has it figured out. No one does. No one does. They're really good at faking it, but they don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're very good at faking it. Mm -hmm. So that's a cool thing. So you would just go around and encourage. um, and and Encourage and pray for people. If we had a word for them, we would do a lot of um, original design prayers. So we just pray and ask God for a word for this person and Mm. just speak into their life. And it was really crazy to see, like, we'd have them translate it and then they're like friends would be like how did you figure that how did you know that and so like even things like that like they're like how did you know that about me you know and if there's probably stuff that was like way off the wall to you like what does panda have to do with mm-hmm. you you know yeah it's like why am i thinking panda it's true like it was crazy to like get a word for someone and say it and ask god like why or if he doesn't want to say a why, that's okay. Just telling him that word and yeah. it'll click for them. Even if they don't see it in that moment, it could click for them in a few years. You know, like God is crazy when it comes to the time thing, you know? Yeah. And I know um, one of the things that Kyle from Mission 72, mm-hmm. the, the church that we both, well, I attend, you semi mm-hmm. attend or who knows what, but um, he talks about a lot about um, Kool-Aid. And so, mm-hmm. like, that word is your pack of the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. And the more water you put in there, the less that Kool-Aid's going to taste like Kool-Aid. And sometimes we want to explain that word that God's, that we feel like, and it's like, doesn't make sense to us. So we'll sit there and explain and explain. What you're we doing water is it down. Watering yeah. it down. It's not as potent. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to say that word. And who knows? And you, and uh, the other thing Kyle says a lot, and I love this, is um, the creative the, the God speaking box where God's speaking mm-hmm. to you is right next to the creative box. Sometimes you think it's, it's just true. imagination. <laughs> I'm just, I'm thinking my imagination, but oh, yeah. it could be God speaking, you know, and you just throw it out there and if it sticks and is impactful, that's how you start learning and mm-hmm. flexing that muscle, that God muscle is 
It's understanding. Yeah. That's so that's so cool. Yeah, I love encouragement. So that's that's so I'm glad to hear you guys are doing it. That. Was it was amazing. And so we just pray for people. We would split up a lot, like a lot of our ministry was um kids ministry and then women's ministry. So all us girls, there was nine girls on my team and six boys. Guys, come do YWAM. I'm genuinely saying like it we need more guys in the mission field because mm. it's just really they're very outnumbered. Yeah. Um and then the guys would do kids ministry. And so when we were praying the first day, generally like the first day we were in like kind of the slum area of Iquitos and we were praying for this lady who said she had like some, some like pain in her wrist or hand or something. And, Mm -hmm. and she was healed just from her prayer. And then all of a sudden she's like, I want a Bible. Like I want to know more. Like I strayed away from my faith, but I want to come back. And those stories are as impactful as seeing someone give their life to Jesus for the first time, you know, like to see someone come home. She she saw the real power of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, inter- and, and interacted with it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't you guys. It was just God doing something. Literally cool. God just doing it. That's First so day we were like, this is crazy. Like, this is insane. Like our leaders were even like, this is, this is an anointed group of people that were an anointed area, you know? And the crazy thing about that was our leader while in Kona, like in their, like, staff they had prayer times all the time lots of staff meetings um he was prayed over and someone said that someone was gonna get their hand healed wow and it was really cool to see that happen the first day oh, of ministry so cool. yeah that's so cool mm-hmm. so you spent a couple of weeks doing door-to-door stuff yeah right? door-to-door and just partnering with churches yeah and getting kind of into the culture yes right just getting to know our contacts all of that stuff and like with partnering with churches, we do some like church events, all that stuff, all that jazz. Yeah. And then come January, we went to the jungle. So this was how long after you'd been in Peru? About two weeks, three weeks, two okay. weeks. I think it was two weeks, two and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to the jungle. Just enough to get acclimated to hearing Spanish 24-7 <laughs> and already new things you know yeah we're not Banyo, used to. i know where that's at right yeah right and we go and we're on this big boat it's like this really long elongated boat mm-hmm. and that's how we like our mode of transportation but then we like camp we're in tents the entire time wow slept on the floor for a long time you oh, know wow and I, I thought this and, you know, this is just me thinking, you know, your imagination's crazy or what you think. I was like, oh, we'll just be like camping like usual in the grass. But we were always under like a roof because of how much it rained, Uh-oh. which would make sense. Yeah. Like I didn't think of that. Yeah. And the first two weeks, our leaders really felt the, uh, the word primitive. Mm. That was our word. So our first two weeks was primitive um, outreach and primitive tribes and communities going really far back in the jungle. Um, as much as our boat allowed, because our boat's kind of big, and the river was really low. So we had some... Two combo thing there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can only go so far. Yeah. And also, our gas was almost out. 
in the sense of like we wouldn't get back and like so I remember our leaders telling us that the the contacts our contacts had said um to them we don't know like we are like kind of limited on gas we don't know how much farther we can get up the river there's another community about an hour away like we were pretty like we were eight hours out already an hour eight or nine hours do you want to go farther and we went farther and by the grace of god we did because the river rose before we left like a foot or two. Oh wow once you were able to make it mm-hmm. oh that's crazy and then we were with that um community for a week oh wow because that was the farthest back we went and we really felt in these communities the culture is very different in the sense of women don't speak eye contact's like not a thing i guess i don't know mm. and the men are the only ones that know spanish and the tribal language so like uraina is the tribal language okay. the women know that but they don't know Spanish. Wow. So you can't even really talk to them. Yeah. We were translating from like a bunch of languages. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So yeah, you would go Spanish to them and then they would say that to the wife and the wife can't even, it's not allowed to speak. Yeah. Look. And also this community was really, really, really poor. And they, most of the community just lived off this drink called Masato. Mm. Um, and it is fermented yuca, which is kind of like a potato yeah. and sweet potato. It is basically like a, okay, it doesn't taste like beer, but it's like, it's like, it has like an effect of alcohol. Yeah. It's more like, uh, sour mucus Ooh, is what, yeah. That's what it tastes like. Mm. Yeah. Um, but everyone lived off this. So like everyone was just drunk all the time, which oh, wow. really was really like hard for our ministry and just missions in general. We we're just trying to talk to people and, and also life is so much simpler in the sense of like the Wait. men go and work and the women are just home with the kids, you know? Yeah. In the hut. I'm, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a really stretching time for my team. And a lot of, um, even we had to pray, like we did just a lot of prayer there Mm. because they didn't have an established church. Um, they, there was a few leaders that really were wanting a church. And so it was really cool to see, um, that happen and like their, their want for that grow like so from God, because something crazy is. Our contacts were really, like, amazed we got into this, like, we were accepted, because tribes have to accept you into the community. Mm. And eight years before, they had tried to come to this same community, and all of the men lined up on the hill with their machetes and wouldn't let anyone in. Oh, wow. Because our our contacts have been doing, like, ministry for a long time, um, and doing, like, river ministry, too. Yeah. And so it was cool to see, like, we, like, prayed so much for, for God to pave the way and and tribes to accept us. And we were able to, the last night, we had a altar call. And I don't even remember, like, the number doesn't really matter, but a lot of people came up for it and prayed the, like, prayer and accepted Jesus for the first time. Oh, that's so We cool. were able to do to distribute Bibles, 
SD Bibles, even though they're like really poor, somehow they have phones, you know? Wow. Some like micro SDs. Yes, like the little SDs that don't fit in um, iPhones, but they fit in like Samsung, Androids, you know? Yeah. And we would just hear in the community throughout the week, people just listen to the Bible. We taught them how to do like Bible studies and be in community with people because that's the biggest, like one of the biggest things about like, we learn together and like talking about the yeah. Bible together yeah. and we're able to like do that in their language. So it was like the Urayina language, the New Testament Bible. Was it in their language? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. That's so cool. Ah, oh, shout out to the translators who yeah. ever did that. That's so, that's it was so sweet. so funny to find out our contact had been a part of that team. Really? Yeah. Who translated it? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then to see that come to fruition. Yeah. Like to get those Bibles in their hands. Get the Bibles in their hands to see them like really be touched by by God's love in a new way. And just a lot of them, a lot of the women, like a lot of the families in general, like the men or the women would leave like the family Mm. and just leave the kids. Like there was some orphans that just were taken care of like by an older sister in the community around. And there was some families that the the men had left for another women in, in their work or something. And, wow. And because women don't work there, they just didn't have anything. Wow. Just and just laugh. to see Ugh. how the power of prayer and just pressing in and encouraging them and sharing something that could change their life and they're not alone can really just change the way they're like looking at you because they'd start looking at you and it was not common for them to even look at you or like yeah or smile. smile yeah no smiles until like we were praying for them and they just felt so loved wow and that that this is like something that god wants for them like they're so loved and not forgotten ever wow the um and you, and you talked about eight years before the men lining up with machetes did you have any experiences like that throughout your whole time in Peru? Like, it's kind of scary, rough? I'm trying to think. <clears throat> no, I don't think so, which is kind of funny because we did find out, it was a little Protection. ironic, that when we were going, you know, like, the president was in jail and oh wow, things. there was, like, oh. riots going on southern Peru, Peru so, like, um, in Cusco and all those areas. But God really protected us, and we didn't see anything crazy when it came to, like, violence. We did experience in that specific village um, the demonic a little bit, and so we had to pray a lot through that. We we did a whole afternoon of just praying through and casting things out where we felt, and even praying, like, where we were sleeping and, and yeah. blessing that place and um, was it just like an oppression? <clears throat> like an op- oppression. And also like there was a few of our teammates that had seen things in the night. Oh, wow. And so we were just praying that away. And we were also all having trouble sleeping in this village. Mm. And after we had that afternoon of praying and and just really like bringing everything back to Jesus and, you know, realigning our hearts and everything, I think everyone slept fine the rest of the time we were there. And so That's it was cool. power of prayer again, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. And just even remembering like our our authority in Jesus. Like yeah. 
He's it's, numero uno. Yeah, yeah he's literally. Like, yeah. And like, if you're scared or you have fear, it's literally attack from the enemy. Like, yeah. it's nothing from God. God would never, because like saying even yeah. the name Jesus, you know, yeah. demons are scared of. So yeah, yeah, no fear comes from God. Like, mm-hmm. It's not the that's not his mo. He's encouragement, love, like the good stuff, not the it's bad. Fruits of the spirit, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's awesome. Um, you know, you know, you did the slideshow at our church mm-hmm. and I saw all the cool little, like the animals and the different things. Mm-hmm. And it was powerful to see that, uh, picture of the, the women smiling. Yes. You know? Like when I tell you, like I put that on there and I completely forgot they're smiling. Yeah. They did not smile. Like genuinely did not smile ever. That's so cool. And then that picture was like popped up. I was like, Oh my goodness. I forgot they smiled on this picture. Yeah. How long were you doing river ministry? We were there for a month. Okay. So then so, after that specific community, so the first two weeks primitive, mm-hmm. the second two weeks were in a reserve, which again, God provided a way for us to get in this reserve because like everyone's like, how'd you get in the reserve? Wow. Cause it was like a really, they don't let people in the reserve. Mm. It was just the biggest thing. So we were with three different communities over those two weeks. They were bigger. Um, the second one had internet. <laughs> nice. Um, and that was good to just say, I'm alive, guys. Yeah. You know? Hey, it's kind of crazy how far back, though. People have phones and, like, internet. Cell reception, like, on our travel days, we'd have cell reception. On the river? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little scary. It's scary to be that connected. It's crazy. Yeah. It was good for me to not be connected yeah. and see everything. Um, and then those three communities, we did a lot of kids ministry, lots and lots of kids. Yeah. And even coming out of that primitive, um, stage of our time in, in the jungle, it, it was really interesting because our team, like that was a lot. It was very heavy, a lot for us to all deal with. We were all very young, you know, yeah. most of us. Yeah. And God just really encouraged us. He's such an encouraging God. And I think that's something I always want to like bring up um, when I'm sharing about my experience, because we went to this, like as we traveled to the reserve, we went to a few different places and stayed a few nights or we would stay for an afternoon, you know? Yeah. And one of the places we stayed for like two nights, they just opened their area and their their community up so well to us wow the pastor was like sobbing and was like we've been praying for missionaries to come here no way they made us duck one day and like a big meal and we were like running out of food so it was great oh that's awesome um and so just seeing like how god encouraged us in that moment like like we're not doing this alone and there's like these Christ followers that really wanted to pour into us too. You know, like while we were on outreach, like our leaders talked about how outreach is as much for us as it is for the nations and for others. Yeah. Cause we're still growing too. Yeah. You never stop God's growing. speaking to you as he's speaking to them mm-hmm. at the same time. Oh, that's so cool. So you do that for a month. Then do you go back to ministry back in mm-hmm. uh, the first place you were at? Yes, we were in different communities in like different ministry locations, like churches. So I don't remember how many. It was so many. But we were with like for a church for like a week. And then we would go into a different church and we would be a lot with the youth and um, 
kind of helping them and equip them for evangelism, which oh, was cool. so fun for me. Yeah. And I remember seeing an Instagram post of like you're at a church with a youth group and they were worshiping. Oh my goodness. That was cool. That was amazing. Again, God is such an encourager. The week before that happened, um, like everyone got sick. It was so <laughs> bad. It it was so bad. Two people went to the hospital. Wow. Like it was so bad. Like I was sitting in my hammock. I slept in my hammock like the rest of my time in Peru and we came back from the jungle because um, of like sleeping situations. Yeah. I just liked it better. Yeah. Us girls, we moved into like smaller area, oh, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, I like my hammock." Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I was like sitting in my hammock, and all of a sudden, one of my my room um, teammates, she like fell on the ground and she like fainted. Oh we were, like, wow! Oh no! And so we were oh, all wow. sick. Like everyone got sick, and then this this Friday night, like the when it was like the last um, that Friday before our last week in Peru, um, we went to this church and just had an amazing time and it just felt like home, you know, Mm. he was just encouraging us. They sang songs. They like asked for songs that we knew that were in Spanish. Mm. So it was really cool to like (laughs) sing songs that we knew technically in Spanish and it pushed us, I think a lot for that last week because you know, at the end of a trip, you're always ready to go home and your yeah. body just knows you're what's deep. coming. You're yeah. ready for debrief to see your your friends that you connected with. Yeah. But it was perfect timing. God's timing is the best. That's so cool. And so then that ends and then you go to debrief, mm-hmm. right? Oh, um, <clears throat> one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting, cool when I saw mm-hmm. your slideshow is you lived on that boat basically the boat yes. that you took we did all of our meals there mm-hmm. we would sleep it's like just a boat it's like a it's like oh, a yeah. big pontoon but thinner if that it's makes just sense a really yeah yeah it's not like a, a yacht it's not like a nothing oh, i'm trying crazy. to tell the listeners you know it's a it's a, <clears> just a long boat yeah they just and then there's like a little bathroom <laughs> in the bathroom let me tell you about the bathroom <laughs> the bathroom it's the only bathroom with a seat on it, which is amazing because I hate squatting, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you use the bathroom and then you get a bucket from the river oh, and dump it down and then it'd flush, which is great. But then the pipe just goes out the boat <laughs> and guess where we did our laundry and uh, we bathed in the water, in that water, you know, uh. in the river. And so it was like a great experience to just really be stripped away from everything, every comfort. And the only thing you could do is rely on God. Like if you're upset at someone, take it to God. Heart posture was a big thing. You know, like if you had a really bad day, take it to God. You didn't have anything else. You didn't have escapes like you usually do, like on your phone or Netflix or going to a coffee shop. That was like my escape, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah, it was going to God was the, wow. And it was really good for me. That's cool. Yeah. A huge growing experience, I'm sure. Oh Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, when you were, you'd mentioned that in your slideshow, I was like, that's just wild. Yeah. Absolutely wild. We did eat really well. I will just say like genuinely our contacts had like some, uh, some staff or some crew people and it was just like friends of theirs that did the navigation of the boat and help drive. And then, um, 
to cooks. Oh, that's cool. So we had all of our meals prepared, which was different. Outreaches are always different. So some outreach teams cooked all their meals or some outreach teams were staying in Airbnbs. They're really nice. You know, it just like really depends. Yeah. It's not a one size fits all. This is how everyone does it. It's probably totally different depending on. And it was really cool to see how everyone's outreach was exactly what they needed. Like genuinely, like I would have gone on a different outreach. It would have not like it wouldn't have been what I needed. Like it wouldn't have benefited me the way God wanted me to be impacted and changed. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So then you do the debrief. Yeah. Come home. You debrief. How long is that? Just a couple, couple it's, of days? Or it's a week. week. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an exhausting week because you're trying to catch up with like a bajillion people. Yeah. And you want to sit down with them for five hours and talk to them, you know? Yeah. But it was really cool to see how priorities and boundaries came in place. It's just like pouring into people, but also making sure you have your own time to reflect. Yeah. Both in. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's good to know that. It's good to experience that. Then you come home, right? Yep. Yeah. Then I came home. Oh, man. That first week, I loved being, I genuinely loved being home. That first week was so bad when it came to uh, my sleep schedule because time change killed oh, me. yeah. Yeah. You're uh, going from, what, is it five hours different? Six. Six. Five hours when time change because they don't have time change there, which is weird. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. But six, so it's one uh, in the afternoon right now because yeah. it's seven p.m. right now. So you get home and you, it's like everyone's going to bed at eleven, and you're like, it's five o'clock or yeah. four o'clock. It's time For to real? time to rage. You know, this yeah. is when I just get started typically. It would genuinely, genuinely like was so hard, and I think it was also just because my body's like, wow, I'm home for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. finally just can chill. Yeah. And my room to myself. It was amazing. <laughs> I got to see my family. Uh, a toilet that flushes not into the water. <laughs> For real. A really nice shower where I don't have to wear shower shoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good stuff. Yeah. For real. What was the hardest thing about coming home? For me, I genuinely think, again, because I like always think of things like way after the mm-hmm. fact and I reflect on things. I'm a, a late reflector, you know? Yeah. Takes a while to process. For me, which is oh fine. yeah, yeah. Um, probably community is so different here, mm. and that's okay. Like genuinely, like I think there's a reason for that, and God wants me to find my own community here. And it was really crazy. So I am in the middle of church shopping, mm. and I I go to multiple churches, and I I really do believe like. I have different church homes in different places, but I just want to find a church for me that's just my own, you know? And I was, like, really not looking forward to it because, first off, I'm not married, so I'm, like, just going by myself, and my family's not going with me. And I was like, do I really... Should I just watch something online this Sunday? And I saw a TikTok, and it was like, if you're thinking about skipping church today, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to church. But that's my sign. <laughs> for real. Um, I think community is a lot different here mm. because you're not in a YWAM bubble and you're back in reality and you're back in um there's some Comfort culture shock. and yeah. normal that you're you've grown up with. Mm-hmm. Culture shock and also like where we're from. Um when you think of Indiana, you don't think like like I won't get into a lot like politics, but like you don't think like 
uh, liberal, but like where we are is like a little liberal Mm -hmm. pocket, you know? It is. Yeah. And so it was just like really crazy to come all back to this. Um, and I think it's amazing though, because I think this is where I'm supposed to be for this time and I'm gonna learn so much. Yeah. Goshen's great because it's. I've I've always thought this was great because you have it's it's liberal and it's not very liberal but there's yeah. definitely a liberal vibe here. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Amish. Then you got the Amish. It's like yeah. <gasps> so many people have things wrong about the Amish in YWAM. They're like the Amish yeah. Mennonite, and I'm like, you don't know anything. You don't. You know. <laughs> there are levels to this. Yeah. You know, what I mean, you you have no clue what's going on until you live in it. But it's true. It's cool. It's cool to. To have those two vibes, mm-hmm. and I think that makes Goshen healthy in a way. You know, you it need, really does. You need that. And I, I think it. also, like, I love growing up here, and I grew like I went, I went to YWAM, and actually, my second cousin, and then someone I met because she went to YWAM. We all like flew together mm-hmm. down in September, so they became friends of mine, and it was really interesting to hear them talk about like Goshen. I genuinely, like, they're not the biggest fan of Goshen. That's okay. Yeah. I genuinely, like, fell more in love with Goshen, like, being away from Goshen. Yeah. I did the same thing when I when I, I grew mm, up here. Yeah. And then I left. I'm like, actually, this is not a bad spot. It's really not, I like... enjoy it. I don't necessarily feel called to Goshen at the moment right now. But if I get married and I end up settling down here, that's okay with me. Because I really think, again, community is a really big part of raising a family and all that yeah. stuff and yeah. my community my family's here so yeah it's a good community. wherever i go i'll go yeah that's awesome so um let's wrap it up but i want to know about what you're going to do and tell the people okay. about that yeah oh yeah let's spend time on that so at the moment i'll say a little quick thing at the moment i'm working two jobs <laughs> such a fun time i'm working at view rail stair supply yeah. on the floor Kind of our days, we gotta love it. But then on the weekend, on a Fridays, um, I'm working at Big Brothers Big Sisters for an internship, and I really felt like this time is a time of discipline, just getting me into a good schedule and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And then what I will be going back to is I really felt called to go back to Kona, and I will be going back end of June for leadership track and that's the track you do to staff the dts cool but you don't have to necessarily staff it yeah but it's the same track that all the leaders will be Mm -hmm. yeah and i felt called for that um to that in the sense of just like preparing myself for this next season that i'll talk about and then also just being back in my community and i was praying actually like on debrief quick little story on debrief um about like god just revealed to me like something about the number three or six like three months i go back or six months you Mm -hmm. know and i was praying about it i was like just reveal something this week you know and i was talking to my roommate and she was talking about how she really missed her job this girl got it three weeks after she left for kona oh wow but then she quit three weeks before she was supposed to come back and like the time frame was like both three weeks. She's like crazy. The number three. And then I literally like, it was probably the most clear I've ever felt. God's like nudging me. Like this is your sign. And three, the answer's three. (laughs) And so then I applied and I said, God, if you want me to do it, you're going to, I'll be accepted. And if not, I 
I know it's six months and that three might be something else. Yeah. And I got accepted. So I'll be doing that. And then starting September, I have backtrack a little bit. I have decided and really prayed and felt called to missions for the next few years. Mm. So I'll be doing that for three years is my commitment. I'm open to more. Um, but going into September, I'll be going into a secondary school is what they call it. It's called Foundations for Revival and Reformation. And it's three months of Bible, just really diving, uh, diving deep in the Bible. And even the first week we read Genesis to um, Revelation from like out loud. In, wow. the whole, in one week, you know. Oh wow! And you'd be like, well, "What is the significance of that?" But like people, like I know a lot of people have been Christians for a long time, never read the whole Bible all the way through. It's crazy, but like it's, in that short of time, you know, even yeah, in a week, uh, you literally have to be going twenty four seven. I feel like yeah, to be able to do that. That's and not easy. And because you do it in groups too, like you have to do it out loud. Wow! And one guy I know, his voice, like he he sounded like a smoker. Okay. He always had, Raspy. he hadn't smoked. Yeah. He was healed. Like, he's like, let me just try reading, you know? And he started reading and his voice was like unlocked and he's, it was crazy. This just happened this past September. Wow. And so those are the first three months. And then the second three months is, um, spheres of, of worldview. So looking at education, politics, all these things and how to, um, biblically, um, apply, yourself in those areas and then the last three months is apologetics and communication so how do you effectively communicate what you learned the background biblically what you believe Mm -hmm. yeah all that stuff asking those big questions of of gen z Mm -hmm. and then there's one month of outreach so that's what i'm going into because i really felt from the lord um to to go into a time of like being poured into myself because you can't just automatically become like a really cool disciple or, you know, anything like that. I can't disciple people if I haven't been poured into myself. And yeah. so to pour out, you need to be poured into. And I also felt the Lord wants me to be like in true friendship with him in the sense of none of my friends are doing this. Like mm. YWAM friends are doing this. So it's a you alone them, again. Yeah. Oh, wow. A lot of them are doing like staffing a DTS, which is what I'd want to do. Yeah. But, you know not my life it's God's you know yeah and so just finding true friendship in him and just relying on him and not going with everyone that I would love to go with and run with because my season for that might be in the future yeah or it might shift and change Mm -hmm. as you're in it yeah you know you don't know I have no idea sounds like you're just following what God what you feel like God's trying to tell you to do and it's going to be the best for you it is and there's so many unknowns because I'm giving up a lot of control and I'm just trusting him, which is another thing I need to work on. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be great. Uh, and I'm very excited. Anyone is welcome to come visit me. That's cool. In Kona. Mm-hmm. In Kona. Yeah. We have a little like visitor place on campus. It's That's great. Cool. I had a buddy who um, <clears throat> his friend did YWAMR was connected mm-hmm. and they stayed there. A couple months ago, and he was telling me about it on Kona, and we were, we were chatting about it. He's like, "Dude, it was so sweet." He's not a non-Christian. No but way. He went with his buddy who was a Christian. He's like, "Dude, the people there were so great." He was just telling me all about this stuff. It's amazing. And so I'm like, that's so sweet. Yeah, 
It's mm-hmm. very cool that they allow that and open that up if you are aware of it. It's like yeah. a little hidden gym, I'm sure. It really is. <clears throat> That's so cool. Best thing about Hawaii. Yeah. Well, I just want to encourage you, mm-hmm. Amanda. Um, you're doing hard things now that are going to pay off um, massively in the future. Yeah. And so the fact that you're you're caring about discipline and, mm-hmm. and this stuff now is just like, um, yeah, you. Are, it's this. Uh, the things you're learning now are going to be things that it's like. Let me say it like this. Are you familiar with chicken pox? Oh yeah. If you have when you're younger, mm-hmm. it's not as bad. But if you have chicken pox later in life, it's called shingles, and it's horrible. Ten times worse. So you're learning discipline now, mm-hmm. and it's in a really good place to do that. And then learning discipline later is way harder. It is. And so it's cool that you're setting that up now. So I just want to encourage you in that. Thank you. Um, you've got a newsletter, right? Or a website? I have a website. Okay. AmandaMade.co. Okay. So just don't put the com at the yeah. end. <laughs> CO. Um, CO. And then I have a newsletter that you can subscribe to on, okay. on that website. Everything's there. Um, I have some... Basically how I do it is I s- send out my newsletter every month. And then... Um, a week after that sent out, it's put on my website for cool. those people that might miss it. And it's a really easy place to just archive everything. Yeah. And there'll be updates and all those fun things. Um, there's ways to give and and also to be on my prayer team as well. Very cool. So that's all. Um, say it one more time. AmandaMade.co. AmandaMade.co. I'll put it in the show notes too so anyone can go and click and look at yeah. it and stuff. And yeah, uh, if you're listening and you've been touched by this, go ahead and go look and, and really think about supporting Amanda. So um, I'll give that plug. You don't have to say it. There's, I'll say it. There's so many ways you can support me yeah. too. And just even meeting with me. I would love to meet any of you. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Uh, any last words? Anything else you want to say before we end this? God is real. He's the best and his plan is perfect. Cool. All right. We'll end on that till next time, folks. And we're going to have you back on in a year or two when you're let's do it. Three years. However, so sounds good. Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. See ya. See ya.